All right, so it's that time of year. Spring has come, um, aka hay fever season. So we've noticed around all our clinics that um, we've definitely had a flare up in our hay fever cases. So we'll be chatting to one of our naturopaths and PAT practitioners, Stephen Judge, um, about these seasonal allergies, um, the triggers, and what we can do about them. So, Stephen, do you mind just starting off with why we get a flare up around this time of year? Yes, no worries, Jess. Uh, it is certainly that time of the year. Uh, yeah, a lot of people want to know why exactly these intense flare-ups happen seasonally. Um, I guess, you know, although we know allergies, people do experience allergies year-round, uh, mm -hmm. which is classically due to dust and dust mites and moulds and all these kind of indoor substances that we are exposed to a lot more because we're spending Winter, more time indoors. Yep, yep. Yeah. Uh, but there doesn't tend to be these intense seasonal flare-ups when mm. spring hits due to mostly due to things like pollens, trees, weeds and grasses, all these things that are outdoors. And, you know, those people know who they are yep. and they know how much of a nightmare it is when spring hits, they suddenly get their flare-ups of constant sneezing and itching, a running nose, itchy throat, watery eyes, uh, crumpled tissues piling up on the desk and the mm -hmm. bedside table. And what sucks for these people is that spring is the beginning of beautiful weather yeah. and warming up and, you know, the ideal days for picnics and walks, spending time Wanting with the family. Outdoors, yeah. yeah, totally. Mm. And just, you know, it's time to get outdoors a bit more and <laughs> to get some energy back, spend time in the sun, yeah. parks, uh, after hibernating throughout winter. But it's a nightmare for allergy sufferers because I'm sure they would love to go outside, mm. spend more time outside, but because being outside and being around trees and being exposed to all the pollens and grasses is not so pleasant, no. for them it's the beginning of constant nagging symptoms, the need to be Googling pollen counts on mm -hmm. the internet, mm -hmm. taking medications, nasal sprays, steroids, just to be able to get outside and be symptom free. Uh, and even then many allergy sufferers still don't feel great being yeah. outdoors. Yeah. And, you know, at least in Australia, at least one in five people suffer from mm -hmm. hay fever. Similar rates um, in New Zealand yeah. too. Yeah. Although experts do say this is a much higher figure. Mm. Um, Australia, New Zealand has one of the highest rates of allergies in the world. Um, this was discussed in quite recent research mm -hmm. from Murdoch Children's Research Institute in Australia. And it's particularly high in children. Mm. Um, in that research, it was estimated that approximately one in 10 infants have a food allergy, mm. which is huge, yeah. really. Uh, so the dramatic rise in allergies is clearly a concern and there must be multiple things at play. Mm. And I think it's an important discussion to be having with families and individuals so that we can take actionable steps to prevent and or reduce the effects of allergies by addressing potential underlying causes and drivers. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so it's super important for allergy sufferers to do all they can to prevent and get on top of symptoms developing, not just because they're obviously uncomfortable, but hay fever can lead to asthma mm. and potentially exacerbate reactions. Uh, reactions can be exacerbated, particularly in the event of something known as an asthma thunderstorm. Okay, so what's, mm. the, what's hay fever's connection with asthma and the thunderstorm asthma that we've heard about? Yeah, so about... I think it's about 80% of asthmatics also get hay fever. Wow. Because like hay fever, allergic rhinitis, mm -hmm. asthma can be allergic. Yeah. Uh, and we know that hay fever affects the upper airways and asthma the lower airways. I mean, the airways are, of course, linked. Yeah. Uh, this means that <clears throat> an asthmatic with hay fever symptoms may be more prone 
to more acute acid attacks when mm. particularly when the hay fever is active. Yeah. So for example, with pollens, you know, we know too well that pollen can directly trigger asthma and hay fever, uh, you know, where small particles of these allergens can penetrate very deep into the airways of the mm. lungs and the thunderstorms can also contribute to mm -hmm. and exacerbate this quite drastically. Yeah. These allergens penetrating deep into the lungs. Mm. Like this is, uh, we tragically saw this play out in Melbourne mm. in November, yeah. uh, almost three years ago, 2016, mm -hmm. where what happens during the thunderstorm because strong winds, circulate pollen in the air yep. and there is a sudden drop in air pressure there's big raindrops that wet the pollen so this combination of factors causes the tiny grains mm. holding the pollen together to explode and release wow. so many particles into the air which are so tiny yeah. that they lodge in so it can get deeper airways. in the airways basically yes. where you usually get caught like <clears throat> up in your nose and throat and that kind of thing that got deep into the lungs exactly yeah. wow. so you know um a big at-risk group here, particularly our immigrants from Asian countries, because mm -hmm. they have not been exposed to ryegrass pollens before. Yeah. Um, in Australia, they can become sensitised to ryegrass pollen allergens, but then on re-exposure, they can develop hay fever. Yeah. This can tip into seasonal asthma or thunderstorm asthma. Wow, yeah. yeah. So are there particular months of the year where this starts or it gets much worse? Uh, so in New South Wales rye grass pollens can be ready to waft in on a warm westerly as early as mm -hmm. mid-September. Yeah, um, like some of that weather we are having last week. Yeah, yeah. Mm. and cold weather can delay it. Mm -hmm. uh, there tends to be a peak in October and especially November. Classically, it's over by Christmas, yep. similar in Victoria. The main enemy is also ryegrass mm. pollen. Mm -hmm. But in Sydney... Canberra and Brisbane, the hay fever season tends to have this second act. Mm. You know, January and February brings, uh, you know, dustings of pollens from lots of different subtropical grasses, yep. such as Bermuda and Bahia. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so mm. these periods, there tends to be a second act yep. around January, Feb with particularly Sydney, Brisbane different and Canberra. Yeah. yeah. So do genetics have much to do with being susceptible to these kind of allergies? Yes. It's certainly a genetic component. Like, like with anything, we all have susceptibilities. Uh, there is a clear relationship and a strong link with genetics and allergies. Yeah. Uh, we know that if one or more parent has an allergy, the child is much more likely to be an allergic child. Yeah. I think if both, it's like an 80% chance yes. if both parents have it. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Mm. And it won't necessarily manifest the same. Like, <laughs> exactly. Uh, parents might have hay fever, allergic rhinitis, yeah. but the kid might uh, have eczema. Yeah. 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 But, you know, an important point to understand is that, you know, our genes haven't changed. Mm. The genes you're born with are fixed and will never change. So if allergies keep dramatically increasing but our genes haven't mm. something else has changed yeah. and you know we've got to look to there's the environment yeah yeah so there's lots of factors at play here what has changed if our genes haven't so we've dove very deep into these issues on previous podcasts about mm -hmm. what causes allergies and leaky gut yep. are really popular if you want to go back and mm. listen to those mm -hmm. uh, but to touch briefly on it when considering what's causing this rapid increase uh, you know it's a combination of things such as the hygiene hypothesis that due to this increase in the ultra hygienic practice, mm -hmm. we're seeing a reduction in early childhood infection and microbial exposure. Mm -hmm. But these are important to be having as babies and young kids. Yep. So this may be affecting 
uh, the development of their immune system. Mm. Um, also tied in here, we're talking about microbes, so poor development of gut microbiome. Use of antibiotics, all yes. that kind of thing. Yep. 70% of our immune system is in the gut. And mm -hmm. so then you got to ask, well, what affects the microbiome? So yep. like you said, antibiotics, uh, Western, you know, not so great diet, mm -hmm. the sad diet, mm -hmm. standard Australian <laughs> slash American diet. <laughs> Uh, chemicals, pesticides, glyphosate, you know, this yeah. has led to a huge lack of diversity in the gut yeah. microflora, which mm -hmm. is so necessary to balance our immune system. Yeah. We've yeah. also had a huge increase in the number of clients coming in and being treated for phenolics. So do you mind just talking mm -hmm. a little bit more totally. about what phenolics are and how they contribute to these seasonal allergies? Yeah, they're a very uh, common treatment here, actually. Mm -hmm. so Probably second behind pollens, right? Yes. Yeah. Pollens, phenolics, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Uh, phenolics, they're basically uh, aromatic compounds. That, so they're found throughout our environment, thousands of items, you know, including food and plants, pollens, a range of chemicals. Uh, so airborne phenolics are classically found in pollen, tobacco, smoke, dust, air pollution, mm -hmm. uh, wool, feathers, animal hair, dander, cotton seed, uh, many different Lots herbs, spices, mm. plants in yep. general, mm -hmm. grasses. Uh, so these phenolics, they're basically responsible for colour and smell mm. as their aromatic compounds. And in food, they're responsible, and spices, and herbs mm. they're responsible for taste, mm. taste and smell. Um, and they, so plant phenolics can play a major role in seasonal hay fever, asthma, yeah. eczema. Um, you know, so a classic example of plant phenolics is the smell of freshly mowed grass. Song with hay fever dreads that smell. Yes, yes. that is a classic <laughs> <Can't blame them. laughs> plant phenolic sign. Yes. yes. Okay, so most people um, uh, who get hay fever, the most <clears> common <throat> treatment that they use would be antihistamines, and I guess they can come in the form of tablets, nasal sprays, um, that kind of thing. Yes. But there are studies out there that show that up to 30%, 37% of people actually find these stop working for them after yeah, like just a year. So what's going on there? Yeah, so there's a few common potential reasons, um, you know, we are getting longer and longer pollen seasons each mm. year mm -hmm. due to warmer days, high levels of pollution in the air. This causes trees to create pollen for longer periods of time. Yeah. So there are these environmental changes to consider why, mm -hmm. you know, the meds might not be working as, as well, well as, as they, they apparently before. should. Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, it's a reality that it's possible that people develop a tolerance to their medication. Mm. Uh, How you know, can that happen? Well, just meaning it doesn't work effectively over time. Mm. Symptoms start to return. Uh, but yeah, I guess, you know, antihistamines help to stop allergy symptoms because they block histamine receptors throughout the body. And although as this stops histamine being metabolized in its usual way, it can result in an excess of histamine floating around in the body with nowhere to go. Mm. So using antihistamines over a long period of time, it also makes the body create more histamine receptors mm. because they're trying to metabolize all this excess histamine. Yeah. So, cause it has nowhere to go. Mm. So this is potentially why many people actually find that yeah. they stop working. Mm. Yeah, it's really interesting. And that's often when they will come to our clinic after they've found yeah. that they've run out of other options, which is quite common. Yeah. Um, so how do we sort of take on a hay fever case? What do you see in clinic? Yeah, so classically uh, when clients arrive at the clinic, we mm -hmm. will uh, take a very thorough case history mm -hmm. and we will go over 
what symptoms they're experiencing, whether it's... When they get them? Yes, mm. when the onset mm. of these symptoms, uh, how severe they are, if they're aware of any potential triggers. Um, it's okay if you're not, because that's why people come here, yeah. and it's really insightful. Mm. Uh, but we'll, I'll get as much detail as possible, and then we'll basically jump straight into our testing method, mm -hmm. and which involves kinesiology, muscle testing. Yeah. Uh, it's a very sensitive and accurate, accurate way of being able to tell what people are reacting to, they mm -hmm. may, may not be aware of. Yeah. And then we will basically get into the treatment, mm -hmm. so which works by a positive association technique. Yeah. So we use a variety of tools utilizing uh, acupressure techniques, mm -hmm. And we basically work by desensitizing uh, their immune system yep. to the stuff they're reacting yeah, to. Yeah, like the pollens, phenolics, all yeah. that kind of stuff, pollens. grasses. Yeah. Yep. And hay fever is probably one of the easier things we do see in clinic. It's usually mm. only a couple of treatments can do the trick for most people. Um, yeah. So it can be a really good option if the antihistamines have stopped working, I guess. Yeah, if yeah. You, we could just get a few of those big ones mm. in, the phenolic, the pollen. Yeah stuff like that it's, it's gonna huge make a relief. big difference yeah yeah it's awesome stuff. yeah well if you experience um hay fever symptoms especially during springtime and you found that your antihistamines have stopped working um please feel free to get in touch with us via our website which is naturalallergytreatment.com.au you can also call us on 1300 853 if you're in australia or 09479-5997 if you're in New Zealand. Um, an initial consultation only takes an hour, includes testing to see what it is you're reacting to as well as your first treatment for something like pollens. Um, so get in touch and we can go from there. Thanks, Stephen. Thanks, Jess. Pleasure.